So tonight it is the Access Bible and it's a new revised standard version. Um, I'm going to be reading some pages and just starting from the beginning, which is the introduction. Genesis. Genesis is made up of two large sections. The first part, chapters 1 to 11, begins with the stories of God's creation of the heavens and the earth and the first generations of human beings on the earth. Other ancient cultures and biblical times also had their own stories of the beginnings of the world, worldwide floods and interaction between multiple gods and humans. Some parallels exist between these other ancient accounts and chapters 1 to 11. However, the biblical writers reshaped these ancient traditions in distinctive ways that were true to their Israelite understanding of the one God who created all things. The second part, chapters 12 to 50, involves stories about one particular family line whom God selected from among all the families of the earth. This family eventually became the people of Israel, whose story continues throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Israel's family line begins with Abraham and Sarah and their son Isaac, chapters 12 to 25. These family stories continue with tales about Isaac's son Jacob from chapters 25 to 36. Genesis includes with stories about Jacob's children, especially Joseph and Judah, chapters 37 and 50. In the first part of Genesis, chapters 1 to 11, God works with all humanity to restore the broken relationships caused by human rebellion and disobedience. God's repeated attempts to respond to these rebellions through punishment and continued blessings do not succeed in restoring harmony between God and humans. Thus, in the second part, chapters 12 to 50, God embarks upon a new strategy. God concentrates on working with and through one particular family the ancestors of the people of Israel. This one family is chosen so that through them all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In this way, the two major parts of Genesis depend upon one another. Most scholars believe that the present form of the book of Genesis is the result of various stages of oral storytelling, writing, and editing over hundreds of years. Certain tests in Genesis may have arisen quite early in ancient Israel's history. Other texts may have been written much later. They have, however, been combined into an artful and extended story about the beginning of the world and Israel's earliest ancestors. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. 
God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness and god saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day and god said let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky so god created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind and god saw that it was good god blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth and there was evening and there was morning the fifth day and god said let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind cattle and creep creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind and it was so god made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind and god saw that it was good then god said let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth so god created humankind in his image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with the seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth everything that has the breath of life i have given every green plant for food and it was so god saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day so i'm just going to read um, a little portion that's in this bible as well so it says the creation of the heavens and the earth the face of the deep and the face of the waters are descriptions of a watery and disordered chaos. God's creation involves separating, setting boundaries, and ordering this watery chaos in order to create a space for life to flourish. 
God creates by simply speaking a verbal command. God's creation of a dome in the midst of the waters assumes a flat earth and a clear dome that pushes back the lower waters and the blue upper waters to form the space of the sky. Let the earth put forth vegetation. Parts of the creation are invited to join with God in the process of creating and ruling. The first three days of creation form three regions. Day one, the region of light and darkness. Day two, the region of the sky. And day three, the region of the earth with its vegetation. Beginning in the next three days of creation provide the inhabitants for each of these regions. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars occupy the region of light and darkness. Day five, the birds fill the sky and the fish fill fill the lower waters and day six the animals and humans occupied the earth so god created the great sea monsters in other ancient stories of creation the sea monsters are portrayed as independent gods of evil and chaos here the sea monsters are made by god and subject to god's control all right so let's go to the next page here and finish off chapter one so um genesis again two different creation stories the Bible begins with two different versions of the story of the beginning of the world. The two versions arose at different periods in Israel's history. Most scholars would date the creation story in Genesis earlier than the former was probably written during the time Israel had kings residing in Jerusalem and before the exile to Babylon in 587 BCE. The usual scholarly designation for this earlier tradition, which extends intermittently throughout the Pentateuch, can't pronounce that word, um, Genesis, Deuteronomy, is the Yaoist or J tradition. Most scholars would date the later creation story in Genesis to a time after 587 BCE and the exile to Babylon. It may have been written even earlier, after the return to Judah in 539 BC during the Persian period. Scholars call this later tradition the priestly or P tradition. The priestly tradition also extends into other parts of Genesis, as well as the Pentateuch, especially the book of Leviticus and Numbers. There are a number of differences between the priestly P creation story and the numbers. There are a number of differences. Oh, sorry. The book there. Let me start that again. The priestly tradition also extends in other parts of Genesis, as well as the Pentateuch, especially the books of Leviticus and Numbers. There are a number of differences between the priestly P creation story and the Yahwists J creation story. The divine names P is God, J is Lord God. The condition of the world before creation. P, watery chaos, dry desert, the sequence of creation. P, six days with both man and woman created at the same time. J, man created first, then animals, then women. The matter of creation. The depiction of the de deity, more majestic and transcendent. J, more intimate and hands-on, and the recurring liter literary structure and reframes in P versus the absence of such repetitions. So it might be hard for me to um, be explaining this, but um, it's just talking about two different creation stories, and it refers to P and J because one is God and J is considered Lord God. So there was two different creation stories. One was maybe more hands-on, versus the other um, had some other character traits 
I'm going to read something else here. So the plural us and our image is probably referenced to an ancient motive of an assembly of divine beings. Here, God and God's divine advisors compare 1 Kings 22, uh, Job chapter 1. They resolve to create humankind in their image or likeness. The divine image characterizes the human vocation of dominion or caring for the fish, birds, and animals, human dominion or rule to be similar to the way God rules over and cares for all creation. The human image of God includes both male and female. God's final evaluation that the creation was very good concludes a series of refrains through our Genesis chapter 1 about the goodness of creation. Chapter 2 Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations and the earth. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to the water garden, Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Fison. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion, it is the one that flows around the whole land of the Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Esraya. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat, of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was the name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. 
but for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he had made into a woman, and brought her to the man. And the man said, This at last, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. For out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So that's the end of chapter two. There were some notes that were also made as well that I'll read. So um, we will start um, back on page 49. The plural us and our images is probably a reference to an ancient motive of an assembly of divine beings. Here God and God's divine advisors compare 1 Kings 22 and Job chapter 1. They resolve to create humankind in their image or likeness. The divine image characterizes the human vocation of dominion or caring for the fish, birds, and animals. Human dominion or rule is to be similar to the way God rules over and cares for all creation. The human image of God includes both male and female. God's final evaluation of the creation was very good concludes a series of refrains through Genesis 1 and the goodness of creation. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, meaning to rest. So Lord rested on the seventh day and said it was good. Um, as we go further, a second creation story, the Garden of Eden, the opening formula. These are the generations of sometimes alternately translated as these are the descendants of or this is the story of marks the beginning of new sections throughout Genesis. So chapter six, chapters 10. 11, 25, um, and chapters 37. In the day that he, the Lord God, made the earth and the heavens, a heading for this second and different creation story, the creation story in Genesis 2 uses a different divine name. Lord God, instead of simply God, um, begins not with chaotic waters of the deep, as in the other story, but with a dry desert, like the watery deep. The dry wilderness is a biblical image of evil and chaos. The Hebrew word for man, Adam, is closely related to the word for ground, Adama. This Hebrew word play underscores the close relationship of humans and the soil. The Lord God formed man from the dust of a potter forming clay. This earth creature becomes a living human only when the Lord God breathes into it the breath of life. The Garden of Eden means literally garden of delight. Two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, stands in the middle of the garden. They will become important later in the story. Eating from the tree of life would give immortality, and eating from the tree of knowledge would provide wisdom, moral discernment, and the experience of pleasure and pain. The image is that a lush garden at the center of the known world from which four major rivers flows to water the earth. We know the location of only two of the rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. They are in the Mesopotamia, Havila, maybe in Arabia and Kush maybe associated with Africa. Um, and then the last part that it uh, just shares really quickly. So um, 
The Garden of Eden is not a paradise of luxury, but a place for human work. Humans will till the garden and keep it. Um, the command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil carries a grave consequence, which in Hebrew reads, literally, you shall surely die. The term helper does not imply an inferior assistant, but a genuine partner who comes to the aid of another. God is often called a helper for those in need. God's first attempt to satisfy the human's loneliness, animals, fails. God invites the human to participate in shaping the character of the animals by giving them names. God tries a second strategy to satisfy the human's loneliness. God fashions a woman from the rib of the sleeping man. Unlike the animals, the woman instantly evokes a joyous response from the man. The man's brief poetic response plays on the Hebrew words ish, man, and isha, woman. They therefore they become one flesh, suggests not only sexual union, but also a unity through a common household and raising of the children. Chapter 3 Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. <sighs> Terrible. She took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord. God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you among all animals, and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat. All the days of your life I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. 
for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man and his wife, and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and the sword flaming and turning to the guard the way to the tree of life. So, um, what it says here is a serpent's temptation and human disobedience. The serpent is not an alien being, but simply one of the garden's more intelligent and crafty animals the Lord God had made. The woman repeats the command given by God, but then attaches her own additional prohibition, nor shall you touch it. When she disobeys her own prohibition, touching the fruit, it will be easier to take the next step and disobey God's prohibition, eating the fruit. The serpent assures the woman that you will not die. In an odd way, the serpent will be correct. God will not cause the humans to die. In the day that you eat of it, However, the humans will come to know good and evil by experiencing new intensities of pain as a consequence of their rebellion. The man's quick willingness to eat the forbidden fruit along with the woman's just equal responsibility for the disobedient act. The humans now know that they were naked. They experienced shame and the pain of an intimate human bond that has been broken. The innocence, trust, and openness of their former relationship must now be hidden behind clothes made of fig leaves. The prickly fig leaves would make for uncomfortable clothing. The portrait of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the evening implies God's close relationship and involvement with creation. God's closeness contrasts with the human's sudden desire for distance as they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. The serpent is directly cursed by God. The curse provides an ancient explanation for why the snake has no legs and why humans have a negative reaction to snakes. Neither the woman nor the man are directly cursed as was the serpent. The negative consequences flow from the disobedient act. For the woman, the pain of childbirth will increase and the man shall rule pain of childbirth will increase. Oh, for the woman, the pain of childbirth will increase, and the man shall rule over you. This inequality contrasts with God's original will for the mutuality and interdependence between the man and the woman. Like the woman and unlike the serpent, the man is not directly cursed. However, God declares curse is the ground because of you. The man will struggle in hard toil and sweat to produce food from the ground. The earlier story of the human creation is creation in had already recounted the man's origin from the dust of the ground. Now for the first time, human death is explicitly mentioned to dust you shall return. However, the original prohibition in prohibition and had decreed death on the very day that the forbidden fruit would be eaten. God does not enforce the death sentence immediately. God mercifully allows the humans to continue to live for some time and produce children for future generations. God graciously replaces the prickly fig leaf clothing with softer garments of skins. God seals the entrance to the garden to make sure the humans do not take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. The cherry, the cherry bum are winged creatures who are half human and half beast they guard holy areas for example cherubim guard the holy sections of the temple in jerusalem
Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock, and their fat brought of the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth and anyone who meets me may kill me. The Lord said to him, not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who came up upon him to kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch, and he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mehuel, and Mehuel the father of Methushel, and Methushel the father of Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zelah. Ada bore Jabal. He was the ancestor of those who live in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the ancestor of all those who played the lyre and pipe. Zelah bore Tubal Cain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zelah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son named himself. For she said, God has appointed for me another child instead of Abel, because Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. At the time, people began to invoke the name of the Lord. And that is the end of chapter 4. So, going back, um, the man knew his wife implies the... Yeah, inter... Oh, okay. So, let me go back here. So... The first verse between Cain and Abel. So the first murder. Um, the man knew his wife implies intimate knowledge. In this case, sexual intercourse. The man had earlier named his wife Eve. Now Eve in turn names a man. Her son Cain. In a wordplay on the name Cain. The woman creates or produces. Q and H. 
and man with the help of the Lord. The text gives no reason why God accepts Abel's animal offering but rejects Cain's grain offering. God reserves the divine right to accept or to or be merciful to whomever he wills. If Cain acts properly in response to his brother's acceptance and his own rejection, then Cain himself will be accepted. But if Cain does not do well, sin is lurking at the door like an animal eager to consume his life. This is the first occurrence of the word sin in the Bible. Cain's cynical question, am I my brother's keeper, may imply that God should be the one responsible for keeping or guarding his brothers. Um, The blood of any human or animal is considered sacred because it is believed to contain the essence of life. Thus, any spilling of blood is a matter for God's attention. As a fugitive and wanderer in foreign lands, Cain will have no rights or protection. He will be vulnerable to blood revenge for the murder of his brother. Sam provides an example of such a case. Cain is a fugitive from the settled rural life of farming. His descendants become the founders of cities. Um, Yeah, so wandering shepherds, developers of culture, and makers of tools. Lamech takes revenge in his own hands in an increasing spiral of violence. He kills someone in revenge for a simple injury against himself. Earlier, in the, earlier, the Lord had tried to limit revenge and violence. Adam and Eve have a third son, Seth. The family of Adam and Eve, their son Seth, will be traced over ten generations. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah. Um, ten generations from Adam and Eve to Noah. This this list of ten generations links the story of Adam and Eve with the next major character and story, Noah and the Flood. Um, such genealogies or family trees occur in, at important transition points through Genesis um, to Noah. Uh, from Noah's son Shem to Abraham, the descendants of Abraham's grandson Jacob. Um, Adam has a son Seth who is in his likeness according to his image these same words are used for the first humans before the disobedient act in the garden of Eden the human sin did not erase God's image from them as it passes on to the next generation because God took him God took him suggests that Enoch did not die a normal death an analogy may be the way in which the prophet Elijah was taken up into heaven by God. Enoch comes to have a place of honor in later Jewish tradition as one who walked with God. Uh, the Methuselah, the age of 969 years, makes him the oldest human being. The ground that the Lord has cursed refers to Adam's punishment and Cain's punishment. Um, the verb to bring relief is seen as a word play on the name Noah. Mm-hmm.